Good morning. We got all the kiddos here this morning. So kids, wave to me. Where are you? Let me see. Where are you? How many of you are three years old? Four years old? Five years old? Six? Seven? Eight? Nine? Once you're like 10, you're too cool. You don't want to raise your hand right now. So I'll, I'll spare you 10-year-olds. No. Good morning. This is our family worship service. This is the service in between Christmas and New Year's where we come together. It's a fifth Sunday uh, this year, so our children are here with us. And, and we're going to, we heard the word of the Lord read. I, I wanted a long passage to be read. A lot of you, how many of you have ever had that great is thy faithfulness? Uh, his mornings are new every morning. You've seen it on a wall or a plaque or something you've heard it quoted. Uh, it's a very common uh, Christian passage, but sometimes we never hear it in its, its full context of Jeremiah. And we never think that that actually came over a hundred years after Isaiah had already prophesied that, that the Messiah would come and suffer. And the solution was already proposed. It was actually proposed in, uh, in Exodus and Leviticus and, and Numbers and Deuteronomy. And then we get the solution in Jesus. We know that it comes. And these prophets, like Jeremiah, who writes Lamentations, this poem of lament, he, he brings us to the point where he's like, you know, God, where are you? God, what are you doing? How did you allow this to happen? But he knows why it happened. It was because of their sin. So this morning, I'm going to try to keep it quick, not because kids can't handle it, but because I do, wanna, I do want the kids to feel welcome today. And I want you to be able to pray a little bit with your parents. And I want all of us to just have a heart and a posture to prepare ourselves for the new year. So what I want to do to start is I want us to think about the Jewish New Year. Does anybody know, don't put the slide up yet, Stephen. Does anybody know the, the name of the holiday for the Jewish New Year? I heard it. R Rosh Hashanah, right? Um, so Rosh Hashanah, in the, it's actually called the Feast of Trumpets in the, um, in the Old Testament. We can look at this passage from Leviticus 23. It says, uh, give the following instructions to the people of Israel. On the first day of the appointed month in early autumn, you are to observe a day of complete rest. It'll be the official day, uh, day for holy assembly, a day commemorated with a loud blast of trumpets. So kids, where's my kids? Look at me, kids. Let's blow an imaginary trumpet. You know what a trumpet sounds like? Like, Boop. let me hear you. Let's hear it. Where's, let me hear a trumpet. Come on. Adults can do it. All right. So that is the day of the new year. And actually, this is really cool. Here at Waypoint, we're going to go on a two-year journey. And all of us who want to participate, we're going to read the entire Bible in two years. And the sermons are going to line up with this, with these, this Bible reading plan. So actually, starting next Sunday, we're going to be in the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Old Testament. And uh, we'll, we'll be reading that. And we'll also be reading Luke at the same time. So we want all of you to join into this plan. There, the, each reading will just be about 10 to 15 minutes a day for five days. So you have two buffer days every week. So we want to be a people who love God's word. And we're going to, be, we're going to actually look at these celebrations. So we have the, the first day, the New Year's, this Feast of Trumpets, where they blast the trumpets, pronouncing that God is making things new. And then 10 days later is the Day of Atonement. Yom Kippur is the... Um, the Hebrew word, and you, if some of you, if you look on your calendar, it'll say, you know, in probably September-ish, uh, it'll say 
Rosh Hashanah, and then 10 days later, Yom Kippur. This is the Day of Atonement. If you've ever read the book or studied the book of Hebrews, it talks about the Day of Atonement, the day that the priests uh, go into the tabernacle or go into the temple and make atonement for the people. And there's a specific group of, of priests that do this, and there's rules and there's ways to, to atone for the sins of the people. And we know as, as Jesus' followers that Jesus is the final atonement. That Jesus is the Passover lamb and he's the, the atonement, the sin, the one who bears our sins so that we could be free. But in light of this and thinking about the new year, I thought, why don't we prepare our hearts for the new year? Instead of thinking about just resolutions like I want to lose weight or, you know, I want to get, I want to get to be better at these things. Those are all really good. And many of those are spiritual. So I don't want to, I don't want you to not make goals for yourself. And I don't want us to be a people that don't set goals and help each other, keep each other accountable for those goals. But as we look at this Lamentations passage, I want to think about sin in our own lives and sin in the community. Because there's three reasons why we suffer. And we, we mentioned these in our Advent series a lot. Uh, we talked about suffering. But it, if, if I could boil it down to three, I think we suffer because of the brokenness of the world, the sinfulness of the world. And that, that kind of suffering is sickness, disease, natural disasters, just things that happen because the world isn't as it should be. One day God will make it all right, but there's a lot of that brokenness. And our Advent series really focus on how we can have peace, how we can have hope, and how we can have joy even when we're suffering. This morning I want to talk about the other ways that we suffer. And one is because of our own sin. If you do things, you're going to have to pay the consequences of them. Yes, Jesus forgives you, but if you do bad things, you will pay the consequences of them. If you cheat or lie, you will get caught and you will suffer for that. And then there's also the sins of the people, whether it's local, regional, national, or outsiders coming in. So we suffer because of our own sin, but also the sins of others. And in Lamentations, they suffer because of their own sin. God told them in Deuteronomy through Moses, well before they even had a land, they, were, they, they had never entered into the land. But God says, if you sin, I'm going to give you this land and give you this blessing as I promised Abraham. But if you sin and you continue to live in this sin and this rebellion, I will allow foreign armies to come and invade and take your land and take everything that I gave you. And they do. And ultimately, even in Deuteronomy, it's promised that they need a Messiah, that they... That, that, God knew that they would fail, but he gave them this, this land and this chance. And Lamentations is the culmination of their failure. The beautiful city of Jerusalem, God allows foreign armies to invade it. So for this morning, I'm just going to quickly look at the passage that Erica read. I'm not going to reread the whole thing. We're just going to look at some highlights, and then we're going to take time to pray individually, and then we're going to pray in groups. So if your family's here with you, you can pray with them. Uh, so that, that's where we're headed this morning. So Lamentations 1.1 says, Jerusalem, what's once so full of people is now deserted. She who was once great among the nations now sits like a widow. Once queen of all the earth, she is now a slave. And the Galatians passage we read, I'm going to put that up there. Um, it talks about when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, to redeem the people that Lamentations is talking about. And it calls us sons, like we're adopted as sons. 
We're adopted as children of God. And it uses the word sons here because in their context, the son was the one who got the inheritance. And it, it means all of us, men and women. It means the children of God. We're adopted into this family. But in verse 7, I love this. What, what was Jerusalem in verse, in verse Lamentations 1.1? She's now a slave. But in, in Galatians 4.7, we're no longer slaves. Amen. The solution to the problem of Jeremiah wasn't that the city of, of, of uh, the solution wasn't that the city gets rebuilt. That was a temporary solution. Even that the temple gets rebuilt. That was a temporary solution. The final solution was Jesus and that we needed to be freed from this slavery. Um, so in that light, I, I do want you guys to go home and, and process this Lamentations passage. Maybe, maybe take some time this week to read Lamentations 3 and think about sin in your own life um, and how God, even though we're forgiven, we're forgiven people. On the cross, Jesus died and our sins are atoned for. We're still a people who need to keep going back to God and asking Him and confessing our sin to Him and trusting Him with this new life and this, these new mercies that we need every morning. So I'm going to jump ahead to um, verse 15. So this is Lamentations 3, verse 15. And it says, He has filled me with bitterness and given me a bitter cup of sorrow to drink. So Jeremiah feels like he feels this. Anybody ever get, any kids, you ever been given something bitter to drink? Ugh, right? It's not good. But this isn't exactly talking about that, an actual drink. This is talking about he's taking in something that he doesn't like. And where, anybody, where is a parallel to this? Who takes the cup, finally? Who takes the bitter cup? Actually, when Jesus is on the cross, they even give him a little bitter, a bitter vinegar in his mouth. But he, he takes the cup of suffering. He takes this bitter cup and dies for us. And then if, if we go on ahead, and, and this is the hope in the passage. In verse 17, it starts off and it says, Peace has been stripped away. I have forgotten what prosperity is. And this is because of the sins of the people. This isn't because of an earthquake or because of sickness. This is purely, God had blessed them and given them this beautiful city and given them a, a, a place and a name and a land and prosperity. But it had been stripped away and God allows these armies to come in and, and Jeremiah cries out in 18, my splendor is gone. Everything I have hoped for in the Lord is lost. The thought of my suffering and homelessness is beyond words. I will never forget this awful time. And then 21, the climax. Yet I still, still dare to hope when I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh every morning. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who depend on them. Him to those who search for him. So it is good to wait quietly for salvation from the Lord. And it is good for people to submit at an early age to the yoke of discipline. Let them sit alone in silence beneath the Lord's demands. And the awesome thing is the Lord's demands are light because we have Jesus. Like even a hundred years before this, Isaiah had already prophesied that the Messiah, that, that the solution wasn't in the rebuilding of the temple, that God was going to do something. 
And we celebrate that this morning, that God did something in Jesus. So what I, how I want to start this off is let's look at verse 40. And it says, Stephen, if you could jump to verse 40. It says, talking about their sin and, and, and what's going on in their hearts, it says, instead, let us test and examine our ways. Let us turn back to the Lord. Let us lift up our hearts and hands to God in heaven and say, we have sinned and rebelled and you have not, we have sinned and rebelled against you. So I want us to just take a moment and confess your sin to God. As we think about New Year's resolutions and, and starting new, one thing we always think about is what are the things that, I, what are the bad habits that I have or what are the things that I want to change? But I want us all, there, all of us, even though we're saved, we're forgiven, we're, we, we've received God's grace, all of us know that sin creeps in. And in, in this, I want us to just spend a couple minutes individually. If you have your kids, just kind of hold them. You can pray with them. Um, just, just what are the things that you just want to get off? Just lay at the altar. Just breathe out the junk. And then so that you can breathe in the goodness of God. What are the things that are ensnaring you as the New Testament talks about? What are, what are the, the things, that, the lies that you're believing? What are the, the, the idols that you've created in your heart that keep you from, from trusting God? And, and, and just this morning, just take a moment and just lay them at the, at the feet of Jesus and, and, and say, God, I need, I cannot do this on my own. I need you to help me with these things. So just take a moment and pray and, and confess these sins to God. Father, there are so many ways that we just have not trusted you, that we've turned to idols and, and other things to satisfy us, and, and we believe lies, and we've, we've, God, show us how to turn to you. We confess these sins to you, and we accept your forgiveness, God. Let us be your people. Let us trust you with each day. Next, I want you to, if you can, Kind of turn to some people near you. For if you're new, we don't do this every Sunday. This is a special service. Um, it, but if if you're comfortable and you want to turn some people around you, just pray in groups, and let's just just confess as 
as a, a community that we've sinned against God. We've, we've trusted in other things. We've, we've said, you know, we, we put our hope in things as God's people that, are, that aren't true, and, and we need to ask for His forgiveness. Um, this may be awkward, but I, I feel like it's in the Bible, so we need to do it. Um, and we do do this in our small groups at times, but um, if you like, you can turn toward the people that you came with or turn toward a group near, near you and just, just ask God, just confess to God community sins. And they can be direct things that you feel God lays upon your heart or just things in general that we may not even recognize that we're doing that withhold our witness and keep us from really being the people that God has called us to be as his, as his church, as his community. Father, I know this time was short and hopefully we'll have much more time to gather together as your people to, to continue to pray for things that we need to pray together as a community. Sin in, among us and in ways when we're just not trusting you and, and we are not being the people that you've called us to be. God, we want to trust you and, and confess that we fall short. And God, we ask for your grace and your mercy to to work in us and through us to be your people, even in these shortcomings. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, I'm not going to read the Isaiah passage again, but it's pretty amazing that this was written hundreds of years before Jesus came. Isaiah said, you know, that he would take our pain and our suffering. He would be pierced for our transgressions. He'd be crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned our own way, and the Lord has laid upon him, on Jesus, the iniquity of us all. And I'm going to jump ahead to the Romans passage, Romans 5, 6. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Jesus Christ died for the ungodly. He died for us. Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel, the prophets were crying out. And Mary and Joseph and Zechariah and Elizabeth were like, where are you, God? We need you to save us. And at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died. God became a human. Christmas, he's here. 
he dies for us, the ungodly, those who had turned against him. And then in Galatians, when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law so that we might receive adoption as sonship. We are the sons of God. We are the ones. We are the children who are adopted by God. And we're no longer slaves. We're heirs. We get the full inheritance. Um, and I'm going to point to one part of the passage in, um, in Jeremiah 3. He talks about, he actually mentions the word inheritance. Um, I lost the the reference, but we're going to pray for that. And he, and he says, Lord, become my inheritance again. So the first thing I want us to do is just stop and praise God that he came. He fulfilled his promise to his people. Jesus came and we get to live in that reality right now that our sin was purchased by Jesus and we have salvation in him. So right now, just in, in a group or privately, just, just take a minute to praise God for this, for the forgiveness of sin purchased by Jesus and the salvation that we have in him. And kids, you can say this. You can say, thank you, Jesus, for saving me. You got that, kids? I know you're bored right now, but you look at me and say, thank you, Jesus, for saving me. All right, you guys can pray together. Oh God, we praise you for Jesus. We praise you at just the right time you came. And we look forward to the day when you come back to make all things new. God, be with us as we are your people. May we be a people that live in constant praise that we are forgiven and we are saved people and we have hope and we can bring that hope to others. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. All right, for the final thing. Oh wait, actually kids, scream it out. Say, thank you, Jesus. Come on, I want to hear it. Scream it. Say, thank you, Jesus. Hosea, come on. Woo! All right. Amen. All right, for 2020, what are you asking God for? This isn't, today I want to, yes, I want you to lose weight and do the other thing, like spend less time on Facebook and all, I need, you know, we, we all, th those things are good and those things are spiritual and they will affect how we view God. So make those resolutions and ask people in your small group, ask friends to help you keep you accountable for those things. But what I want us to focus on this morning is, is what Jeremiah brings up in Lamentations. And how can we be people who don't turn to idols and don't turn to sin, but continually turn to Christ? So these are some of the promises that I saw and some of the requests that come in Jeremiah's Lamentations. All right, what would it mean for you to trust? Next slide. 
Or how can you trust in the faithful love of the Lord? This is directly from the passage. How can you walk in his mercies each day? How can you make him your inheritance and your hope? Most of us spend our days with some kind of inheritance in mind. Like we go to work and do all these things so that we can put money in a bank so we can get some kind of thing in the future. And that's not bad. And God's, that's the way our world works. And God is in that. But I want us to think about how can we make his eternal glory and his eternal, the, the eternal purpose God has for us and this eternal resting place we have with him, make that our, our inheritance. That's the thing that we put first and foremost each day. And how can we, that be our hope? And these other things are good and God gave them to us, but, but they're secondary because he is our inheritance. He is our hope. And how can you depend on him and search for him each day? So these are, these are, this is what Jeremiah brings up in the middle of chapter 3. So just in your seat, personally, or if you want to pray as a group with your family, if you have your kids, you can pray with them. Um, just ask God these questions. And just, just ask Him, what would it mean for you to trust Him with each day? And if, if 2019 was a hard year, you, and you literally need His mercies every day, you're like, I just need enough grace and mercy to make it through each day. That's okay. He's going to give you what you need. He, that, that may be all you can pray right now, and that's okay. Just pray that prayer. And for those of you who feel like things are going well, just say, God, how can I not turn to idols? How can I trust you with each day? How can I make you my inheritance and my hope? Let's pray. I don't know why each person is here this morning. A lot of our church family is traveling, but you brought all of us here this morning to have this time to reflect on your word and your truth. God, I pray for each of us that we would trust in the faithful love of the Lord. I pray that we'd walk in your mercies each day. I pray that we would make your inheritance that make you our inheritance and our hope each day, each moment. And God, I pray that we would depend on you and search for you each day. God, thank you that your mercies are new every morning. And thank you for Jesus.
Thank you for saving us. Thank you for loving us. And we look forward to the day when you come back and make all things right, God. But use us in 2020 to be your people and build your kingdom. And may we be a people who turn from idols and turn to Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. We'll stand and sing.